Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Damn these Biloxi blues. It happens every night And I ain't never met a riverboat dealer That could ever be a friend of mine I have not The summer heat never treats me kind It leaves trouble on my mind So I'm bidding farewell Putting in my notice And I'll see you at another time Sing This highway Does not know my name And I don't care No Right to the deck, I'm hooked. Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to keep there. Low budget live, not so live from the LBL bar and grill bar and bunker. Beautiful Middle Tennessee. And welcome, you bunch of dang low lifers. If you are new to the program, you are new, and you're wondering, why Why is this man calling me a lowlifer? Well, that is what the listeners of this fine program call themselves weekly, the lowlifers. So welcome. And that is a song written by me, sung by me, called Biloxi Blues, which just so happens to be, just so happens to be the walk-up music for my dude Kriegs, Kobe Krieger, leading the Bassmaster Elite Series after two days. And this is the podcast for Monday. March the 22nd, of course, we're recording on Sundays because that's what we do. That's what we do to get it to you on a Monday morning. And the Bassmasters is supposed to be over with down in Florence, Alabama, but it is miscombobulated and now has two more days to go. But Kobe Krieger is on top, and he's he's just just, just feeling it, walking out to that Bluxy Blues on the home pond. Pretty impressive seeing what those guys are doing down there on the Tennessee River, dealing with some adverse conditions. But – uh been dealing with some adverse conditions myself, guys. Been a pretty cool last few days. I got to go down to Smith Lake with the crew for uh, a few days of beating my head against a flooded rock down there. Um, spring break with the kids. We left out on Thursday afternoon late. Fish Friday, Saturday. A little bit this morning. I'm a little wind burnt. I'm a little sunburnt. And uh, I don't know. Smith Lake came up... Uh, Seven feet, I think, almost seven feet in like 24 hours. Crazy. Place like a bathtub. It always does that after a big rain. But uh, got to, uh, you know, got to run around down there with Hudson in the boat mainly. And 
So cool. I just got I got to brag. I got to have a proud dad moment to open LBO. And I tried to get him to, to come on the podcast this week. But he's he's outside playing with football, and I don't blame him because we've been fishing, 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 fishing. But uh, dude is coming into his own at 13. It's just like his his own angler. He, he's making decisions on his own. But the coolest thing that I got to brag, house we were staying at was about a mile away. It's about a mile away from the closest boat ramp. And Thursday, of course, I let him drive all the time, and I, I he runs a trolling motor a lot now and, and uh, really starting to get more and more comfortable with the boat. And I said, hey, man, I'll put you in, and, uh, you know, do you feel comfortable driving the boat to the house? So we, I parked the truck, and we got in, and we went and found the house. No turns, just on the main main lake there, not far from the ramp. And I said, do you do – you, you know, do you want to, do you feel comfortable doing this? So he's like, yeah, well, let me drive, drive you back and then I'll come back. So he drove us down, lets me out. And man, I got to be honest, like short of letting him out at kindergarten and Ryder, like their first days, pulling out of a parking lot and watching him in a wrapped express go around the corner by himself is pretty heavy. Not going to lie. Not going to lie. But man, he, uh, he took off. He, he did great. He, he beat us there by a couple minutes and uh, was waiting there, smiling ear to ear. Such a cool moment and uh, for me and for him, you know. And he he you know he's thirteen. I'm not cool anymore. So uh, doesn't mean as much when dad brags on you. But uh, but man, it was just I was beaming and was so excited to see him excited. But yeah, we had an awesome weekend. Caught some spotted bass. Kind of scouting around a little bit for that Bassmaster Open, but. Lots got to change. Lots got to change down there. The water's going to come come flying out of there. I have a feeling this week. Smith Lake, of course, very residential, so they're not going to leave the uh, leave the water up um, very long. But school, we were coming home from Smith. My dad and my brother were sending us pictures from Wilson Lake, and and uh, just so happens we have to go right by there next lake up from Pickwick on the Tennessee River, and and uh, didn't have long because I got to you know was going to record a podcast this afternoon and. Had a guest lined up, and so uh, Hudson's like, Dad, can we please stop? Man, we've been going hard for like four days almost. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we can. So we pull in there and uh, catch a couple. I caught a six-pounder, boat flipped that sucker out on a sea deck, and and the boys lost their mind. It was it was cool. So uh, they couldn't get enough, and I'm, I'm very grateful for it. So very, uh, very, very, very proud dad, to say the least. So I had to share that with all you lowlifers. All that y'all are, they're, you know, Fish with your kids, y'all understand. Y'all, y'all get it. If you don't have kids yet, you will understand it when you do. Because um, he's so far ahead of where I was at that age. And it's just so cool to see. And he just genuinely loves it and thanks me for taking him fishing. And uh, it's pretty awesome, man. It's pretty stinking awesome. So grateful, grateful. I'm also grateful for the fine sponsors that we work with here on Low Budget Live. Starting things off right here with the oldest, the OGs if you will, on LBL, the fine folks from Startron and Starbright down out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Startron kicking ethanol in the teeth for years and years and years and years. You don't want ethanol in your gas tank. You don't want it in your weed eater. You don't want it in your, affecting your outboards. You don't want it in your daggum pickup truck. So get you a blue bottle like this. Shake it up good. I actually don't think that's in the directions, but I, I, I do that on the show. So you are allowed to shake your Startron. Shake it up. Little dab will do you right there in the tank. Kick ethanol on the teeth. Get it out of there. Weed eater, pressure washer. Ugh, pressure washer. I, I can barely say that. I can barely say that because I hate it so much. But I just know that time is coming, right? It's springtime and everybody gets those honeydew lists, and I know that's going to be on mine, and I'm just not looking forward to that. But weed eater, chainsaw, your side-by-side, whatever, whatever the case may be, Little dab will do you. Get you some Star Trying Kick Ethanol in the teeth. Sims fishing products. We absolutely wore out some uh, some Sims toboggans, <laughs> gloves, the freaking uh, rain suit this weekend. Golly, man, it's been. Uh, it was just cold. It was cold. Got cold in North Alabama and had been beautiful. Of course, I made some Instagram stories, but oh, hey, let's go on spring break. And then, of course, it just. Uh, Weather just took a dive. We went from uh, warm to tornadoes to flooding to cold. 
and that is typically uh, kind of how it goes in March and April around southern Tennessee and north Alabama. But we definitely broke out some Sims uh, goodness this weekend. And this week I got to wear shorts. And uh, earlier in the week, shorts and dang, uh, you know, uh, freaking hooded sun shirts and just solar flexing on them. But uh, unfortunately this weekend been bundled up and hopefully it'll get warm before that Smith Lake Bassmaster open because I Want it to be in the 80s <laughs> And uh, no more cold mornings Damn it, let's go Let's get away from that So I'm here to remind all of you low lifers That you get one life Fish it well Go check out the Sims website I promise you There's something for everybody on there Some really great gear Pro Guide batteries I have uh, once again Spent about three or four days Standing on those things And I'll tell you I'll tell you one that uh, Is something I don't believe in Something I don't do but I did not charge my batteries uh, every night at Smith. And the reason being was there was no uh, electrical outlet on the dock. I left my boat in the water, um, left the X-21 tied up down there. And and I actually backed way up close to the house one day and power pulled down to, to charge during the day one day. But I, I didn't. And I cannot run these batteries dead. I'm also running that power pole charge this year. But uh, uh, really, really loving those ProGuide AGMs. And they got some special, special uh, goods coming your way very soon. But if you would like to get you some AGM batteries from the fine folks at ProGuide, use LBL10 at checkout for a discount. And last but not least, right here. Love it more every day. The official boat of Low Budget Live in the Traveling Circus, the Express X21 Pro. Cannot say enough about it, y'all. Cannot say enough about it. I know, I know I'm a salesman. I know, I know everybody's like, oh, you're sponsored. I promise you, without a shadow of a doubt, I've never owned a bass boat I love more. Ever. I love everything about this boat. Can't find it. I, truly, you have to, like, when you sit down and think, well, are there negative? Like, I can't find a negative. For me, for the way I fish, man, it's just, uh, it's just, a, it's a really, 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 really awesome, awesome boat. And, uh, you know, manufactured by awesome people. Awesome people. And I, I just, man, I, I can't wait to put it in even more situations. But wind, and rough and freaking shallow and deep and in and out of boat docks and and boat flipping fish on sea deck and running a dang Yamaha, um, you know, 70 miles an hour, great fuel economy, like with the weight of the boat and everything, man, whole shot is insane. But if you're in the market for a boat, go check out the, the fine folks from Express, uh, that X21, X19, I promise you. They got a lot more models than that. Those are the two bass boats that are like rocket ships that I think that you would definitely enjoy and uh, let them know that I sent you. Express boats have been building excitement since 1966. All right, moving on. Speaking of Express excitement, Bill Lowen. I, I kicked off the show by talking about Krieger, but I got to talk about Bill Lowen. Bill sneaking up on Mr. Krieger after day two, of course, uh, at the Bassmaster Elite Series, Florence, Alabama. And, you know, it's one of those deals, guys. This tournament is not going like I thought it would, but that is typically – I think I've said on here multiple times, depending on the water, this tournament. They're cracking on them. They're cracking on them, but it is not the event I thought it would be. They're not surprising me where they're catching them, how they're catching them, being a local. But, but you know, uh, I was down there last Monday – Water was like six feet, seven feet low. Of course, flooding. The water comes up. The current comes with it, and lots of things have changed. So, Kobe Krieger leading it with some mixed bags. Freaking beautiful fish. Been fun watching it all play out on FS1, and I've been watching as much of it as I can because it's the home pond, and you got to. You got to. Home crowd represent down there. But uh, Lowen, could this be it? Could he get his first win? His weights got better. Kobe's went down. Of course, you know, you guys are going to be listening to this on day three, and uh, they're going to have a championship Tuesday this week. So definitely uh, lots of interesting scenarios. The tail race fishing is really – it's legendary. Man, I grew up doing it. I love fishing current. It's really cool to see it getting showcased. Some of the biggest community – you know, the locals around here are not surprised by what's going on up there. But, man, these guys are, are putting it on the line, and it's, it's really cool. It's been fun to watch. 
Um, something that wasn't cool to watch, I wanted to bring up. It's kind of shocking uh, in this day and age to me. And yesterday I, I got to watch a good bit and watch Chris Saldane up there in the horseshoe area below the floodgates. Just, you know, he really struggled at times, caught him at times, and, and that's just the nature of, of that that area was primarily by itself. There were a few boats around, but this morning he goes up there in the morning of day two, and he can't even cast because there are guys in his way that are in the event, and it's really surprising. I was looking at the photo gallery, and I'm not going to just call everybody out. Uh, Zaldane, y'all can go look at the photo galleries if you want to, but I just, I don't know, man. You see where a dude catches 21 pounds. I just don't get that in 2021 when there are live cameras that people still think that's a good idea just to go snipe on somebody. I don't know. I don't know. Um, You could tell Chris was frustrated early this morning. He ended up catching enough to be in the top 10, but just uh, you hate to see that. Because a guy sticks it out on day one when other people don't, and then other people struggle, and then there they come. Uh, I don't know. I, I was actually texting with a friend of mine earlier today, like, is there a rule that can be written? It's an unwritten rule. Like, you shouldn't do it. You're a, you're a dick if you do it. Like, if you go in where a dude's in the top five, like, and you didn't catch him, you suck. Like, that's just kind of bottom line. If you didn't catch him there day one, just go on. Find your own deal. Uh, that's always kind of been the unwritten rule, but should there be a written rule? Y'all comment. If you're watching on YouTube, comment. Because it would be a hard one to police, and if you catch them, you could use it to an advantage that somebody couldn't come in. You know, there's been several variations over the years. You can't get within 50 yards. You can't get within 50 yards of somebody's anchored with the trolling motor up. Lots of different rules over time. Uh, but, you know, what... I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how nobody owns the water, right? We see it with locals too. We saw it. Uh, John Sokup down at uh, Ufall. Locals came in, saw him catching them, came in on him. Just pirates, jack sparrows all around. But you know, what do you what do you think? What does what do the low lifers think? I I wish there was some kind of rule. I don't know. You know, obviously it could negatively affect, say, number one, and this is just throwing out dream scenarios. But number one and number two sitting side by side. I don't, I mean, if there's something written that you can't go near a leader or you can't, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying it gets really old. And it and and it happens at all levels of tournament fishing, and it happens off camera way more than it does on camera, right? Uh there's there's no say any of y'all listen to this at fish tournaments, and if you're listening, most likely you do or keep up with it. Uh this happens all the time, it happens too much. And there are scavengers everywhere, but uh, you know, I, I was I, I I fish a lot where Zaldane was at, and it was cool seeing him figure it out. And Krieger Krieger's up there as well, but not you know in in Zaldane's you know general vicinity. But I mean, dude, Zaldane got to his first area. He could not cast where he was casting yesterday because there were like two other elite boats there. Like, no. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And one of the dudes made the cut, and he's like, made some adjustments today uh, on social media. He's like, did you make adjustments? It looked like you did <laughs> on FS1. It looked like you you made a really key adjustment. I don't know, man. It's uh, it's interesting to see. Uh, no shame in some people's game, I guess, to say the least. All right, we got a uh, we got a Cox watch. Cox wash. Cox and cornrows. Not not even, I'm going to be honest with you, not even sure who did it. I know Mercer will take credit for it, but it uh, looked like his daughter might have done it. I want to take a look at something here real fast like. But on Cox watch, this one's interesting. So John, obviously any schedule hiccups are going to throw John for a freaking loop. Day one at Pickwick, he struggled. One fish that is really rare. John bounced back today with five that weighed thirteen five. Just look that up. Look at that right here. But so he he ended the tournament in seventy ninth place. Even had John made the cut, he was going to have to leave because he has to compete at Sam Rayburn tomorrow in the BPT. Yeah, let that soak in. This is what 
what a schedule hiccup can do to John's year. He's fishing every bass tournament except for MPFL, which we pointed out last week. There, there's another John Cox still going on. Uh, there's, there's still two John Coxes this week. I know, I know. Uh, but John is fishing everything but MPFL, and now he is driving through the night tonight, long freaking ways. Don't even really know how he's going to do it, but he's going to roll up at Big Sam tomorrow and fish day two, group B for Bass Pro Tour. If you don't think that's commitment, you're wrong. I'll tell you another one about John real quick. Uncharacteristic, you know, bad finish for John. Doesn't do that often. One fish first day. When they canceled, John's staying with a dear friend of mine, David Allen. When they canceled, John was like, ah, well, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do today. Oh, I'm going to go to Neely Henry because I've never seen it. John left Florence, drove two and a half hours to practice Neely Henry because he'd never seen it. Like, this dude is next level, guys. Next freaking level. Uh, so, it'll be interesting to see how Cuckswatch does out there at Sam Rayburn. Big John, Cornrow John. BPT kicked off at Big Sam and very... Weird, man. 10 pounds, four fish for 10 pounds. Wesley Strader was in 20th with that. That is shocking, honestly. Even though Raver's getting the crap kicked out of it right now. Um, maybe it's the weather. I don't know. Maybe it'll get, I'm sure it'll it'll get better. But Spencer Shuffield led day one, group A. He's one of those few invitees from the uh, big five FLW tour, RIP FLW, that just get to fish one event. So from the, I think it's from the title event. I'm still kind of confused, but uh, no shocker to see Spencer Sheffield leading anything at this point. He's a dude that fished really when I first started fishing. Co was fishing, of course, the son of the great Ron Sheffield uh, from Bassmaster and FLW fame. But left, you know, kind of would catch him a little bit, but then then left the tour, came back, and dude, he's been hotter than a firecracker. And this guy is is going to be one to watch for a long time to come. I have a feeling he's making a lot of noise uh, is going to continue to. But uh, he's leading it, of course. Uh, Dustin Connell right there with him. Shocker. Some dudes, uh, there's three dudes behind him. Some guy named, uh, last name Van Damme, uh, Defoe, and, and Evers. Evers. Evers Evers. Edwin Evers Evers uh, are behind him. So no pressure, Spencer. <laughs> It's going to be interesting. I talked to Dudley. He said it was actually decent in practice. So uh, I think Double D goes out tomorrow. So I'm uh, going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. But uh, WTF, Rayburn, get your get your freaking uh, – get your weights up. Jeez, Pickwick's making you look stupid right now, big Sam Rayburn. All right. It was a mouthful. It was a lot. It was a lot. Uh, so – I'm going to have a guy on today that I just had on not long ago, but I really felt like I owed it to him to, to be on LBL and tell his story from his historic win at Lake Eufaula in the National Professional Fishing League. Uh, this guy absolutely blew my mind um, the first time I ever talked to him on the phone. I, I was like, he's dialed. Like, he is so freaking dialed. And then to watch it play out, I got to watch, obviously, all three days of live coverage, commentating that event, and just watching him practice what he preaches. Incredible. Incredible. And then, uh, you know, seeing him overcome adversity on the last day to come back and get a victory. This dude's going to be a household name before 2021's over. I promise you, you're going to not hear, uh, you're going to hear me say, John, hook up, soak up. Way too many times for your ears this year. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me via Zoom, John, hook up, soak up. From the side of the road on his way to Texas, John. Well, my wife found me. That's, is it really? On the side of the road? <laughs> Pretty much. That's what you'll do. <laughs> you know, John, I, I've never met your wife, but I've met you, and I kind of believe that. <laughs> For sure, buddy. So, so you were just telling me you're at a Dairy Queen, just yeah. having, a, having a celebratory shake still. Uh, I'm still celebrating. I'm still, you know, no alcohol for me. It's just all about the sugar, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got myself one week of sugar celebration, and then it's, it's 
probably back to no sugar. So, so before we get into anything fishing, what's the go-to John hookup soak up milkshake? What's the go-to? So I'm going to tell you, I got, I got the strawberry banana. That's been me since I was a kid. Uh, okay. But I will tell you, I will tell you that I celebrated in, a, in an odd way the night driving home after the win. Um, I stopped at this gas station. I was, I was standing in line, you know, the six foot apart thing. And I looked down next to the candy bars and I hadn't had one forever, but I saw my, my dad, my late dad, my late father's, uh, favorite candy bar, which was a Butterfinger. And, uh, you know, me and dad celebrated ate that Butterfinger on the way home. That's so, awesome, man. Yeah, that that gave me cool, chills, man. man. That's awesome. Dude. <laughs> so I know yeah. he would have been proud, man, to, to win, not only at the professional level, but to win an inaugural event. Oh yeah, uh, it's 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 in the record books now, man. It's stamped. It's there. <laughs> yeah, they can't they can't take it away from you, and and I don't think anybody's going to take that trophy away. The dang thing is is large no. and in charge. <laughs> I saw you post a yeah. uh, a real cool picture from the bass tank. All you Oklahoma boys with your trophies, y'all had a pretty good uh, good second week of March there. Yeah, man, the Bass Tank team, uh, Zeke Anderson, who's our sales rep, who's my crappie tournament uh, yeah. partner, and uh, Kyle Cordiana, yep. who is a Bass Tank guy. Um, we all went to Union High School together. We actually started a fishing club our junior year in high school, and now, obviously, we work at the Bass Tank, and Kyle's one of our pro staffers. The same week, the same day, you know, I won the MPFL. Zeke won a crappie masters with a, it's a national crappie tour, but he not, he didn't just win it. He set the record high two day weight, him and his partner, Dylan Hackler. So that may never be beaten. It's, it's pretty much, they had, they had 42 or three pounds. It's pre, they had 3.06 pound average for crappie. It's like catching 10 pound average in bass. That's what that Holy was. That's what cow. they did. <laughs> yeah. And then Kyle, uh, his highest finish that he's ever had in the MLF. He got yeah. fourth place at Smith, Smith Lake. So we, uh, I called them all. I mean, I called Kyle and said, Hey man, you got to do it. It's goofy. Grab your Jersey, grab your trophy. <laughs> and we met at Maz, we met at Mazio's and we carry, I carry that big old Indian BFL trophy in and we stood in line and ordered the, the, the lady at Mazio's not impressed with the trophies, by the way, <laughs> she was kind of like, okay. But there was some guys there that were like, okay, you can't just come in touting trophies wearing jerseys in the middle of the week and not tell us what the heck's going on yeah. so uh we told them what was going on it, it, you know about having a connection all the way back from high school days that's awesome and man. uh yeah in oklahoma you know you know half the crowd was fishermen fishing fans so they yeah. were asking us, you know yeah my, my dad when i was a kid he used to have a, a thing he we would wear our jerseys everywhere right when we first got jerseys we thought it was so cool we'd be like leaving a fishers of men tournament walking into a mcdonald's wearing a old embroidered <laughs> yeah. jersey and my dad used to say right. they think we're here to change out the coke machines <laughs> <laughs> that was always my dad's line he's like yeah we're just here to change the coke machines because nobody real jerseys weren't yeah. a thing then you know we were ahead of the curve we should not have yeah. had them all, no but patches. we did. No, yeah, no we had patches. Yeah, we had patches, <laughs> but I had some embroidering, man. It was before yeah. all this dye yeah. sublimation stuff, you know, all the dye sub. Yeah. So, so, dude, you're on your way to Sam Rayburn. What's going on down there? I know BPT's down there. Are you fixing to go down there and just jump in that thing? See if they'll let you in. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow them around until they, I'm gonna harass <laughs> them until they invite me. Yeah. No. Uh, so I jumped into an ABA series. ABA decided to do a solo series this year. And it's a, you know, it's a, it's a boater only deal. And it's just like a $600 entry fee, $20,000 to winner. But, um, you know, I've all, I want to stay active in between the MPFL schedules and this thing fit perfect. The first event was on Toledo, like two or three weeks before our event on fall. You finished and what second, or, second or third there. I, I finished fifth or fourth. Fifth, Went, I fifth got, or fourth for, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Top five though. Yeah. Top five. Yeah. Top five for sure. Um, which was a good deal. I'd never been to, well, I'd been to Toledo one time before. Uh, I actually felt like it was a continuation from what I found at Toledo Bend into Eufaula. I used the same skill sets. I used the same everything. Interesting. Uh, and, and honestly, I thought this one down here on Rayburn and between now and, and the right at Patman, you know, they're in the same region of the, of the state of Texas. Uh, and I know it's going to be three or four weeks early, but it's going to give me a little bit of taste test to just stay with the fish, to know what's going on with the spawn and 
and uh, you know, stay fishing, stay competitive, stay active. So that's that's what I'm doing right now. That's awesome, dude. Well, what uh, what's the most surprising thing that's happened to you since winning the inaugural MPFL? Oh, Have you had any? Yeah, it's easy, easy. Okay, I got a phone call. I got a phone call on Monday or Tuesday, and I guess I'd made the uh, joke when I was on live, and I've done it several times. So just just kind of one of my things when you find one works you got to keep rolling with it you know what i mean <laughs> so I, I made i made the joke about being a dual sport athlete because i fish crappie and bass <laughs> okay and so I, I got this phone call and this deep voice said i heard you said you was the best dual sport athlete and i thought to myself this is bo jackson no and I, and I said, well, you know, Clay's got a relationship yeah. with friends with Bo, Clay from Express. And I said, I didn't say I was the best. I said I was the greatest dual sport athlete. <laughs> yeah. And I said, you ought to know because Bo, know, Bo knows everything. Bo knows. <laughs> and he, uh, he, he said, I'm going to save you from a 3 a.m. A big man showing up with a baseball bat at 3 a.m. I'm going to let you take me fishing. So, quasi-scheduled. Yeah. So, that that's that's the coolest thing. Come so on, man. Clay, Clay coming through, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to have Bo on the podcast. I'm working on that. But, that, dude, how crazy. That's bad. I'm, I'm speechless. That's hard for me. Yeah. For Bo, Bo yeah. to say, that's, that's cool, dude. Talk about... Uh, Talk about being that dual threat, that going from the crappie world, you're a live scope guy, man. But I, there was a, one of your buddies in this thing too, Kevin Rogers, who's right there in that same wheelhouse too. Does it, do you think that that, that transfers over to the bass world? That j- well, well, it does. They transfer back and forth. And so, you know, I'm originally a bass guy. Uh, I started fishing when I was young. First thing I fished for was crappie. So, I mean, I've had experience with crappie, but, when I went and did the tour on the crappie side of things, it was a lot of my bass skills that were transferring crappie. And, you know, I had to adjust a little bit and I 100% feel like there's a correlation between, uh, being able to understand the bass and the crappie, you know, a predator and a prey. Um, mm-hmm. Rick Klein, you've heard him say, you know, study the, study the mouse, not the owl or something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, that's saying, And it's, and it's one of those things, you know, it's, it's 100%. I, I've, learned over the years when I'm crappie fishing that a good day of bass fishing is a bad day to be crappie fishing and a good day of crappie fishing is a bad day to be bass fishing. It's it's really funny how you'll go into a pocket and all the bass will be up and the crappie are gone. They're hiding. And then you pull in there on another day, maybe high bluebird, sunny, calm conditions. And there's crappie. They're everywhere. They're floating everywhere and you catch it and there's no bass to be found. And so you'll learn the correlation between watching the environment and how they're behaving. I mean, I see a bunch of bass, but if I see crappie and I see the way they're behaving, it can tell me, it can clue me into what the bass are doing and how they're behaving. That That's uh, amazing, man. Yeah. I mean, for, in, for instance, as you follow uh, brush piles, I think it was day, maybe it was day two or day one. I, I was whacking the crappie. I don't know if you, you, you got, I Oh, yeah. Yeah. Day. I saw, oh, no, I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it told me, you know, hey, man, these, these crappie here aren't afraid, you know, like they should be. Uh, some bass. So I knew the bass weren't as up high as, as, you know, and it was telling me that by the way, the crappie were, were feeding on that. So what kind of adjustment do you make when you see that? Is that when you pick up the shaky head more than the jerk bait in that situation? That's, that's that's when I did that. So that was day one. I did pick up the shaky head on that specific, specific spot. And, uh, and had caught a five with that, with that shaky head in there. So. I, re- I remember that five pounder. Well, man, that, that woke me and Dudley up <laughs> and woke us yeah. up, man. I, dude, I just, uh, I, I think watching you and Dudley and I were looking, of course, they couldn't see us on camera when they're showing you guys and he and I are just shaking our head looking and you're, you're like, Oh, like when you hook the first double, you're like, Oh, here comes another one. And you just <laughs> let him like have line. And then you, but dude, you've got confidence in live scope. Like nobody I've ever seen. I mean, there are a lot of guys that are really, really good with it. Right. Like we've seen Patrick Walters really yeah. dialed in with it on the elites, but you take it to a, a, the next level and I've got to ask, how many orders for LiveScope did the Bass Tank get after MPFL Live? (laughs) (laughs) 
Because I feel like they're back. They're back ordered anyways. My dad's been trying to get one for like months now. He's mad at me. He's like, hey. uh, we 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 have we have over two hundred in stock. So if you know Ooh. anybody that thinks they're back ordered, they need to go to the BassTank.com right now and throw it in. We we keep heavy stock. Uh, we do it because we believe in it and we know it's the real deal. And we built our business around it. And not only do we build our business around it, but we pioneered techniques and and you know we go on the trail and and put our money where our mouth is. No doubt. So, um, you know, we love to bring, we call it catching, not fishing. That's what we, you know, we coined that from the beginning with the live scope. It, it's, it's a sense, man. It's not, it's, it's not the magic thing that you're just going to buy, put on your boat and you're all of a sudden going to become, you know, Patrick Walters. But, um, it's an added sense that you don't have that you need to compete at the highest level, you know? Uh, so I use my down and my side imaging just as much as I use my live scope. It's just during the tournament time when I'm live, you, you see me use my live scope because that's kind of my final sense to, to catch. But I used uh, in, in graphing my mapping, my down and my side and my 2D just as much as, a, as, as live scope. It was just as important for practice to find and locate those fish. So it's the same, same you know, tools that we've used from for the last 10 years. So uh, for the folks at home, you're hearing so much about live scope, but when you're actually idling around finding brush piles like at Ufala, when you find one on 2D, on side, on down view, do you then jump up on the trailer motor and look at it with live scope or do you wait and come back later? What, what's, what's your process in that? Because I, I, I find myself anymore using live scope probably way too much. <laughs> like I just ride around yeah. looking on the trailer motor a ton, you know, just cause I, I, I love it. I'm obsessed yeah. with it. Um, especially after watching, uh, you know, 21 hours of John hookup, soak up coverage. I'm like, Oh, well, I, <laughs> uh, but I, I've been obsessed with it since day one. It's just a lot of fun. But is that, is that something you do or do you wait till game time to do that? Uh, no, I, it's a little bit of both. It, it depends on how tuned in I'm already in on them. Um, in practice, uh, the first brush pile I found that had fish in it was probably 30 minutes into practice. So when I found that brush pile, honestly, it was sitting just like I knew it should have been. It was really close to the bank. The spot, I mean, literally by the end of the tournament, there was beds. I could sit on the brush pile and see beds at the same time. And so, you know, I was looking for that. And, you know, there was... Uh, initially I was looking for big environments, you know, uh, that would house a lot of fish. And so that was easy to find. Once I found that, uh, you know, I would go and I'd mark for about 30 minutes to an hour within, uh, within a, probably a mile section. And then I, then I would, I would just sit, I set little wet icons that tell me different things. And then I go back, then I would go back and I would run those troll motor down, drop them. And, you know, I might only drop and look at, 10 seconds and go um and then i would change the icon based on what i saw fish wise i might have you know some preconceived notions of what i was going to see and then when i saw it for sure so then i would go back and after a while i'd end up editing my icons and going back and like these that i thought were so special they're no longer they were like second or third tier you know spots now and so once you kind of got that established i'd make you know day one of practice i went ahead and fished uh, a little bit more than day two and three i caught you know, 15 and a half pounds. And I, and I had, I could have had 30 or 30 to 50 bites. I mean, it, it was just, day one was pretty easy. And so when I saw that, that allowed me on day two and day three to not have to, not have to cast as much, not put the troll motor down as much. I kind of already knew when I saw it, that that matter of fact, day one of the tournament where I started that area, I only put the troll motor down on one of the 15 brush piles that were in there. And I never made a cast in that whole area in practice so wow uh, it, it, i had proven out that pattern other areas and so when i saw it it led me to as practice went on and as i was around other boats that i wanted to kind of find those things that were not as obvious to see man there were some really obvious brush piles to find that i fished in, in the tournament days that just the fish weren't triggered i think they were they were down there with helmets on man everybody that stopped was stopping <laughs> at those spots yeah. So, so, so you had to find the one else. So if I get in John Sokup's boat, what's the icon I'm looking for? What what's your go to for the, <laughs> for the juice? Is it just a big <laughs> trophy? What is it? <laughs> you're looking you're looking for that little fish, the little fish with the number nine on it, the red one. Okay. That's, that's my <laughs> That's the one, so, huh? Yeah. So uh, a pin <laughs> is 
a pen is something, there's something interesting here. You know, <laughs> a, a tree is a tree. I use the weed, weed icon for like a, a brushy tree or a green tree. Um, I use a fish <laughs> symbol for if I think there's a fish there. One, I know there's a fish there. Five, which is yellow, means there's fish there, but not the sizes that I want or not as many. And then the nine means there's at least nine in there. They're big. <laughs> you know, like that's the spot. <laughs> Okay, so when I get to write Patman, I'm climbing in this express, and I just want to go through everything looking for those icons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see how many nines I got. I I had like I had around twenty uh, twenty that I knew were legit nines um, at at Ufala. So. I think yeah. I told you that on day one. Yeah, you did. No, you had yeah, the night before you did. And I told Dudley, I was like, he says he's got 200 piles, but 20 of them got fish, man. Yeah. 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 That's what you said. Yeah. Man. And when they and, say, when I, yeah, when I say they have fish, I mean, they got a lot of fish, like a good lot numbers. of numbers. Yeah. Not just one to five, like a ridiculous amount of fish, which I didn't know. And it took, it took fishing through the tournament to find out in the environment that, you know, it was still a timing thing just because, they were there at one hour of the day. Didn't mean they were there at another hour of the day. And for some reason, the piles that had a lot of fish always on there, they were really inactive. The ones that would be naked one hour. And then maybe once you figured out the right hour for those fish to come through, those were the active ones. Those are the ones that would, that were actually would feed. So it was kind of interesting. You can go sit on a pile that had tons of fish on it for two or three hours and not even get a bite. And you're ca- every cast, you're casting at them. Or you just keep rotating the ones that were the right ones, and then all of a sudden you show up and they're there. And it's those schools that were actually schooled and feeding and pushing together that would that would fire. So that's you know. unbelievable, man. I, I'm I'm so grateful I got to watch it play out, just like everybody else. If y'all, if you guys aren't following John or the Bass Tank on YouTube, you need to be because this guy gives up the juice. He gave up a lot on MPFL live actually more than I thought he would. I was like, I can't believe <laughs> some of this stuff's coming yeah. up. His mouth. Dudley was looking at me like, what? Like, yeah, he's, yeah. he's giving up well, the goods, man, but you are, you're an educator, man. Like, yeah. and you, and you do it proudly. Like you really like for people, yeah. like you said, it's catching, not fishing. And that's, that's so cool of you because you can keep it under your hat and win a lot more money. And I look, even giving up the goods, you're going to be hard to keep up with. I have a feeling in 2021, <laughs> I think we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see, man. You, you put the pressure on me. Oh yeah. You're, well, a, you're for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That stuff, man. But here's that the deal. Not, you, you backed not, it up. You yeah. backed it up. Yeah. Now it's not my fault anymore. Now it's not my fault anymore. It's all your fault, dude. It's all your fault. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my wife, you know, she I came home with a check and everything, and, and she says, well, now that I know that you can actually do it, you know, she's going to put some more, <laughs> she's putting more pressure on me, too. Yeah, so, you the, know. Wi- the wife and kids after right, Patman, if you don't come home with another big cardboard check, and be like, loser, right. get out of here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, she's getting, she's getting used to some good finishes. You know, I, there was a tour, a crappie tour event last year, and uh, she gave me a text, and she said, how'd you do? And I said, oh, we got fourth, and she responded, sorry. I was like, sorry, like that's okay, you know. It's it's a top ten out of a hundred boats, you know. I'm, I'm okay with it if you're not, you're feeling you're good, good. Leaving, she's like, get out of here. Yeah, sorry. Better luck next time. <laughs> Don't come home, John. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, dude, I appreciate you coming on. I, I won't keep you parked at a Dairy Queen uh, for very long on your way to Rayburn, man. Uh, thank you so much, and dude, congratulations again. Uh, I told you last week i wanted to get you on and uh of course we had awesome hunter bogman on last week which I, yeah. i'm still pumped about that great dude and uh but but ladies and gentlemen the champ john <laughs> hookup so hey is yeah. anybody calling you hookup around uh oklahoma now uh, it, it is it's stuck man it's stuck yeah yeah like a like a five watt you know <laughs> I mean, it's, it's drilled in uh, I, I already signed the weigh-in trailer i put hook up there and i know who gave it to me so i yeah, know dude, i know where it came from listen and yeah. we we had our technical difficulties we had things but when that came out of my mouth i was like yep yep that's it, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was just yeah. one of those randoms and dudley was like and then dudley starts saying it and then i all start saying it on the way in stage i'm like you're welcome john it's good that one's gonna stick <laughs> well here's what here's you know I, uh you know i didn't get to watch any of that stuff but 
you know, by by weighing one, they're already saying it out loud. So I'm already hearing, you know, what's going on. And <laughs> yeah. I got friends, I got friends messaging me the hook up, the hook up, the hook up, the hook up. Yeah. I'm like, what is this about? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> so you know, dude, it's it's cool, man. It, it's, it's fun, really, dude. Really cool. We're, we're cool. gonna we're gonna have a lot of fun the rest of the year on MPFL, man. It's a great group of guys. It's so much fun. It gave me a conscience, though. I, I when I'm fishing, I, when I'm on live, I, you know, no one's in the boat with you, right? So it's not like you can tell, and you can't. It's not like you can tell the camera I get the net, and and I don't ever say got one no more. So I I, I say hooked up, and so every time I'm like I'm, I'm like hooked up, and I'm like, you're staying, I'm like oh, yeah, you're, you're, st- you're staying on brand, man. I like it. <laughs> yeah, that's important, hey, man. Uh, in regards to the MPFL. I've said this on a few interviews, and I just want to reiterate it, man. I know you can't really say it about yourself, but the work that you guys have done, the effort that you and Fat Cat and David Dudley and the NPFL, the owners group's done, uh, I have never been to an event from the smallest jackpot all the way to the Force Wood Cup and even on the crappie side where there was just no negativity, man. It was just pure excitement for the sport. Uh, I mean – everybody was i feel like everybody's rooting for each other you know yeah um, for sure it, it, i think that if we can continue that um i think there's just a place for fandom to come across and and to, to it just reminds me of what it was like to watch bass when i was a kid and, and yeah. you know what i mean just like the pure the pure five fish limit and and everybody kind of just excited to be in the fishing world um you know so I'm I'm really thankful to be a part of it. I, I I joked around early about you know we were like buying into a low stock and if this thing takes off, <laughs> but I mean it it, it has. I mean you guys' hard work uh, it, it goes a long way. I mean we can um, we can go catch a few fish, but it's the production side of things that's really going to make this thing take off. Well, so. man, it's uh, there's going to be a lot of people know John Hookup Soak Up by the end of the year, and uh, and hopefully a few more know Low Budget Live and. Uh, yeah. Duncan because of it too, man. It's it, it was so much yeah. fun at you falling. I echo what you said. I I'll take me out of it. I mean, we 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 had a great time, man. We're fortunate to get asked to be a part of it. But the ownership, the ownership group, dude, my hats off to those dudes and how much time, energy, and effort they put into it. And and you know, like I know, working on a skeleton crew, right? I mean, there's not 40 You're people right. around putting this big You're production right. together. It's just not. And uh, to pull it off like they did, man, and like you said, no negativity, uh, just just a lot of good vibes, and I can't wait for Texas, man. Are you just going to stay down there? Or are you going to come back home? <laughs> come on, man. I got four weeks. I may, I may, <laughs> uh, my tournament ends Saturday. I may drive by and drop in. Uh, right, Patman. Before cutoff, then cutoffs uh, Monday, so Sunday is like the last day, and and graph around for a day. Uh, lake's up real high right now, so I don't know if that's going to be consistent or not. So if it does stay up, um, I think it's going to be a, a different kind of tournament than than the first, you know, the first event. So. Yeah, for sure. It sounds but like it could be interesting. I hear rumors. I hear rumors that there are gigantoids in it. So what so I hear too. Like, that 30 pounds is pretty common. So That's what I hear. That should make for, you know, some fun. It's probably going to be, it's probably going to be some major sacks and then a pretty good drop off. I mean, it's a smaller lake. It, you know, it, we'll see what happens, but, you know, a crowded lake usually ends up making it more difficult, but some big fish and some, you know. So for me, just I'll put it out there. I'm looking for just five fish a day. That's all I want. <laughs> I want to. I want to weigh a five. I want five fish every day, and that's that's my goal. All right, I'd say if you do that out there, there'll be big ones. <laughs> From what I'm hearing about that lake, dude. So, looking forward to it. The AOI leader, you're unofficial. You know, right. unofficially large, official. Largest, large, largest rookie of the year race leader. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I have not thought about that. Oh my God, I'm I'm stealing that rookie of the year. (laughs) I'm stealing that. Are you a bunch of damn rookies? (laughs) John, I appreciate you, dude. Good luck at Sam Rayburn. Keep the streak rolling, and uh, I'll see you at Wright Patman, brother. All right. Thank you, man. See you, man. John Sokup. Hope y'all enjoyed that as much as I did. 
I think a lot of John, man, I've gotten to know him over the last few months and, and just a great guy, great family man, and, and even better angler. And I can't wait to call it the game, as Dudley says, the rest of the year for John and the rest of the guys in the MPFL. So make sure you're tuning in to that. I want to thank each and every one of you for watching this silliness, listening to this silliness every single week. I appreciate you more than words. Uh, it's just, it's fun, man. It's fun. I said it last week. Got a little choked up, got a little emotional. It's okay. I was riding a wave. We do that from time to time at the LBL Bar Grill. But uh, I just appreciate the fact that I get to do this in some capacity for a living. And it's, uh, it's awesome being in this industry. Fishermen are good people. Very good people, and I'm, I'm proud to know you low-lifers, even if I don't know each and every one of you. Um, hopefully, I'll get to meet some of you some more at the Bassmaster Classic this year, planning some things for Tejas. Hopefully, we can uh, put another LBO live together down there, have a good time, me, stupid Darian, Big C, maybe Shannon Wheeler on the fiddle. It's going to be a good time, good, good time. But thank you all each and every week for tuning in. I appreciate you. I'm going to take you out with a little Bluxy Blues, as always, because that's what we do here at LBL Not So Live. Thank y'all. Make sure to hug your mama and hug your daddy. Here's Bluxy Blues, and I will see y'all next time. Spanish moss, a Civil War ghost. Well, I'm going to leave them in the past. Any direction, Lord, I'll be fine It don't matter, east or west North, south, wherever the wind blows I'm leaving those burdens at rest This highway, it does not know my name And I don't care, no, I don't care And a spare Just a white line gypsy Getting out of Mississippi With just enough gas to get there